This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. My name is Daniel Wiggs, and just a quick about my background. I met Ashish in 2007 in Bahrain. And I kind of was joking with him one day and said, you'll probably have a church in Texas and you'll be my pastor one day. Be careful what you say, right? But it's a privilege to be before you here this morning. Um, and I thank God for the opportunity to be here. I'm only here because of the cross of Jesus Christ. We're all here because of the cross. And let us just stand real quick and get into the um, reading of the word. But I've got four children, my Jeremiah and my 14-year-olds with me. My wife and my daughter are watching back down in South Texas in McAllen, and we've got two grandchildren, and I got two older children, so a lot of children, love kids. Wished I wasn't so old. I'd like to have some more, maybe, but God has his timing and everything, right? But um, let us stand for the reading of the word. The title of this message this morning is Transformation Through Surrender. The way of the cross is the entrance into the glory of God. And we've experienced and will continue to experience the glory and presence of God this morning. Luke 9, 23 is the scripture we want to go to this morning. I didn't know if my brother pulled those up. Might be a little ahead of them. But Luke 9, 23 is the scripture we want to go to this morning. And it's one that God has been challenging me personally. And I thought if the Lord's challenging me, maybe there's some others who are being challenged in this scripture. But Luke 9, 23, a very simple scripture says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, open our hearts, open our minds, and open our ears and eyes to see your word and receive this morning. Lord, if there's any spirit of the enemy that would try to enter into this house We bind you in the name of Jesus and forbid you to distract in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, send your angels in and among us for ministry, Father. Salt my tongue with love and grace, boldness and compassion. Hide us behind the blood and the cross and Holy Ghost, have your way. There there would be an encounter with the word of God and with the presence of God. And we pray for Ashish and family that you would heal and strengthen and touch them in the name of Jesus. And that every student in the house of God today would be blessed. That they would be blessed going in and going out, Father. That they would have the covering and protection of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ and the favor of God behind them and over them, Father. And Lord, that those who are watching by video would still be touched, oh God. That they would be ministered to, Father. And we thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Y'all can be seated. Thank you so much. Today's a divine appointment. We're not here by accident. This was written on God's calendar this morning. But like I said, this is something God has been dealing with me personally in my walk with Jesus Christ. And I think maybe perhaps maybe there's some others here this morning. You see that song we sang this morning about he's faithful. He's never failed, even though I have failed him personally. He's never failed me, and he will never fail you and I, even if we fall and we stumble. We also were singing a song. Before I get into this message, I've got to share this. Brother Alex, there's nothing like seeing the face and the eyes of Jesus Christ. You will have never seen the love and the compassion of God until you have seen his face. I remember a time that I was going through a battle 
and a hard season. And I saw and I felt the presence of God coming to my bedroom. And before me, I saw the eyes of Jesus Christ. I saw love and fire in those eyes and he ruined me. He wrecked my life with his presence. That nothing would ever satisfy me but seeing and knowing the glory and the presence and the face of Jesus Christ. Many of us want his hands, but when you see his face, you don't want his hands. You want his face. You want to see the eyes, the fire, the love, and the compassion of Jesus. He cares about each and every one of us this morning. It doesn't matter the battle that you're going through. It doesn't matter the circumstances that you're in. He's in the boat with you. Like Brother Alex preached about the boat. Even if the boat wrecks and crashes, you grab a piece of wood called the cross. Because that cross will never sink. That cross will take you through the battle. It'll take you through the flood. It'll take you through the fire. It is the cross that we hold on to. Because that is our hope of salvation. That is the promise of God. That is our interest into the presence and into the glory of God. It is the cross. And I want to talk about the cross this morning. That is my passion. I think that should be all of our passion. Every one of us. And we all respond to God differently. Some of us, we weep. Some of us, we sit there and we're just like, wow, quiet. But we're still receiving. God made us all differently to receive and respond to him. That's the beauty that God is not a copycat. Brother Alex, you, named, you nailed it. Our God never does anything the same because he's an original God. Look at each and every one of us. We're an original. None of us are a copy. Every one of us have a different personality, a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things. It's like an aircraft mechanic. You put five mechanics to troubleshoot an airplane, you're going to have five different guys going five different directions to troubleshoot the same issue. But guess what? All five of us will fix the airplane. But we all have to come to an agreement on how to do that. It's all about unity. The cross brings us into unity. And that's where we find, that's what makes the difference between us and the world is the cross of Jesus Christ. This is a small verse that we read this morning, but it's a very powerful verse. You see, it's going to impact our walk with Jesus Christ when we grab and get a hold of this verse. Let us dissect this verse into some close details. Let's do like a doctor and let's cut this thing open and do some little biology examination. You see, we need to ask ourselves Four questions. Four questions. How do we follow Jesus Christ? What does it mean to take up the cross? And what is the primary result of taking up the cross of Jesus Christ? The last question, and we all love the benefits of the cross, is what are the benefits of the cross? The first three questions will prepare us to receive the fourth question, the benefits there is no shortcut to receive the benefits of the cross. We have to go to the cross. We have to kneel at the cross. We have to embrace the cross every day of our life. If we don't, we'll get in trouble, we'll fall, and we'll fail because we cannot be dependent upon ourselves. but we're dependent upon the cross and the ministry and the presence and power of God to see us through. Because the Bible tells us, my flesh is weak, my spirit may be willing, but to keep my flesh under submission, I need the cross. So to get to the benefits, we have to answer these three first three questions. And there is no shortcut. How do we follow Jesus Christ? The first requirement is to deny ourself. Basic key to Christianity, deny ourself. 
to have a successful walk with Jesus Christ, deny myself. To have a successful relationship with my wife and my children, deny myself. To have a successful relationship in our marriages, deny ourselves. To have a successful church, successful ministry, is deny ourselves. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the cross and the suffering and the resurrection and power of God being manifested in our life. And in like manner, Jesus Christ, you see, he denied himself. He gave himself willingly for each and every one of us. Why? Because he loved you and I. We could not save ourselves, but he saw that we needed a savior. Daniel's in trouble. Daniel was born into sin from the beginning of his life, and he needed a savior called Jesus Christ to save him from himself. Our worst enemy is ourself and our flesh. I am my own worst enemy. The devil's our enemy. The world's our enemy. But the worst enemy we have is our flesh. I can be my own worst enemy. We have to be careful. God loves us. He sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe upon him would have everlasting life. God loves us. That's what I want us to get in this message is the love of the cross, to embrace the cross. Jesus says, deny yourself. I want you to surrender your life. Surrender our selfish nature into the hands of God. You see, Jesus surrendered his will to do the will of the Father. And Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus is saying, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Because he had the burden of the weight of every sinful person that was ever born. The sins of the world was upon his shoulders. He was about to suffer severe abuse and pain and suffering and the most severest death on that Roman cross. And he's like, God, his flesh is having a battle because he knows he's about to suffer. He's 100% the son of God, but he was also 100% a man. And that man, part of him was about to suffer the death of the cross and to suffer for each and every one of us. And he's like, God, if there's another way, Father, but nevertheless, not my way. I'll do your way, Father. Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus Christ willingly paid the price for you and I. He willingly suffered and died so that we could receive salvation in Jesus Christ. He was committed and he was focused because he loved the Father. In like manner, we're called to lay our will and desires down. Just as Jesus Christ, we must say, not my will, Father, but thy will. How can I serve you today? How can I serve and please and honor you, Father? How can I honor the Son of God who died for me? For instance, my dream was to be a pilot. I was a flight engineer when I met Ashish in Bahrain. I was flying 727's cargo for DHL. Many men of God came to me in Bahrain and were telling me, no, Brother Daniel, God don't want you to be a pilot. He wants you to be a pastor. Oh, did I argue. Mm-hmm. My flesh did not want that. I was like, no. I said, brothers, the only similar thing about pilot and pastor is the letter P. I want to be a pilot, but... God dealt with me, and I surrendered that. That's another story for another time. But I gave up my will. I went back to aircraft maintenance. My obedience, new doors started opening. Finances got better. My marriage got better. And then God put me in the ministry. I was not looking for this. This is God's doing. It's a testimony that God can take a lost, broken life who's selfish, stubborn, and hard-headed, self-willed, break them down, Build them back up, put them in the pulpit and say, now go tell other people about what I did for you. 
because it's not about me. It's about what he does for us. So the second question, what does it take or what does it mean taking up our cross? This is the next requirement in order to follow Jesus Christ. Taking up our cross means daily surrendering our will. Be open and available to the will of the Father, even when it's not convenient. How about three in the morning? Hey, I need you to wake up. I need you to pray for Pastor Oshis. I need you to pray for this brother or this sister in the church. They're going through a battle, and I need you to intercede for them. It's not convenient to get up at three in the morning and pray for someone. But we have to have that kind of commitment and dedication that we're willing to say, God, even when it's not convenient. Maybe it's not convenient sometimes to come to church. We want to do things when it's convenient. It's our human nature. It's our flesh. We want the easy way, the easy path, the easy road. There are some examples in the word of God. Let us go to Luke 9, 57 through 62. Boy, did Jesus give a good example here. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever you go, or thou goest, depending on what translation. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes and birds have the, have the air, have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he sent it to another, follow me. But this man says this, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but first let me go say, bid farewell to my family and those are my household. He's basically saying, I'm putting my family ahead of you, God. I'm putting my dead father ahead of you. They were making excuses, saying, I will follow you if it's convenient for me and easy. I will go, I will commit. Jesus, I will go to church when it's easy and convenient. But that's so far to drive. Go where the presence and power of God is manifested. It don't matter the drive. It matters the presence and power and the manifestation of the Holy Ghost where there's praise and worship that invites the presence of God, that anoints the word of God and ministers to people. But people say, excuses. When we stand before God one day, there will be no excuses. Because guess what? There'll be no excuses for this is not a convenient time for us to talk, Father. No, you're in standing in front of the Father, in front of the throne. And we're going to have a day of accountability. And we'll have to give an account for those times when we said it's not convenient to follow you, Jesus. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we have to lay our flesh down. It's not easy. Remember, the Word of God tells us straight and narrow is the way that leads to the path of eternal life. But broad is the way that leads to the path of destruction. It's a broad road. It's an easy road. We have to take the narrow road. But see, we're all in this as a family, together. We're not alone. We have each other, and we have the Holy Spirit with us, and we have this wonderful book called the Word of God. This is our guide. This is our direction. This is our defense, our protection, and our provision is found in the Word of God. I love him so much, brothers and sisters. Sometimes it does hurt to serve the Lord. But see, in that brokenness, that's where he uses us. That's where he breaks our pride. That's where he breaks our selfish nature. Because we're born, look at two children. It's my toy, my toy, my toy. Right, Jeremiah? My toy. My, 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 my football. I'm going to go home with my football. You're not playing fair. We have to say, what's mine is yours. What the Father has given me is yours. 
Freely receive, freely we give. Jesus told us in Luke 14, 27, and this is a pretty strong, strong word that he's telling his disciples. Whosoever does not bear up his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That was a pretty straight and hard word that Jesus Christ gave. It's not easy being a teenager in school in these days. There's a lot of temptation and peer pressures to be a young person in college also. A lot of things thrown at you guys that were not thrown in my generation. But you have to take your cross and stand for Jesus Christ. He will honor you. You see, your reward and honor does not come from man. Your recompense comes from God. He's the one that's going to honor you for your faithfulness and commitment to him. When your friends want to do things that you know, the Holy Spirit's giving you conviction saying, don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't look at that on the phone. Be careful. God is watching. But God will reward you guys. The third question, because I want to get to the benefits of the cross real quick. That's my, this is my favorite part of the sermon, guys. What's the result of taking up our cross daily? Glad you asked. Brother Alex, I'm glad you asked. Um, the crucifixion of our old nature. A transformation. That the old man and the old nature is crucified at the cross of Jesus Christ. That that selfish nature of Daniel Wiggs gets crucified that now he becomes someone who thinks about others more than himself, that he's generous. He seeks the presence of God, the will of God, and not his will, not my way, but my Father's way. Romans 6, 6 is something that Paul, that was written, and it's a beautiful description. I love this verse. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, being Jesus Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The cross sets us free from slavery. We've worshiped and sang about that this morning. We are set free. It's the cross of Jesus Christ that sets us free from the bonds of sin. The cross is not comfortable. It confronts our flesh. It confronts the sin in our life. The word of God confronts the sin in our life. But it's because God cares. It's not that he's up there ready to do this to us and abuse. He's not an abusive God. But he's a loving father who disciplines and corrects his children because he wants us to go to another level. He's got more for us. But until we surrender to the cross, we cannot receive those blessings. It's like, it's like a father. I've got a car for my son. But until he's ready, I cannot give him that car. Until he's mature enough, responsible, shows and he's also meets the requirements of the state of Texas, I cannot give him the car. He's got to meet requirements. It's the same with our Father in heaven. We have to meet those requirements, and then we can receive the blessings. This is not in my notes, but it's in Isaiah 119 tells us, if we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. It's about willingness and obedience. God is a God of the heart. He loves us. He wants our heart. Brothers and sisters, I've seen people come into the house of God. They pay their tithes. They listen to the 15-minute sermon, sing their three songs, check the box, and they think they're okay with God, but they're not. They're not following Jesus Christ. They're not denying themselves. They're not taking up their cross. In the home or family, for example, their husband and wife are fighting. They come into church, and they're like, hi. And then when they get back in the car, they're like this, you know, fighting and arguing with each other all the way to the home. No, 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 no. We just came into the house of God. We should be like loving on one another. Hey, baby, where you want to go to eat? 
which I can't take my wife out because she's in South Texas, but I'll take care of that when she gets back up here. But we have to have that place where we're transformed. Our marriage is transformed. A little bit on that a little bit later. The cross is a place of transformation. The purpose of the cross is to transform us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's a process. And we're all in this process together. We're all at different levels. We need to be patient with one another. A newborn Christian is like a newborn baby. They stumble. They fall. We pick them back up. We brush them off. We help them on the way. We don't, oh, look at you, what you did. No, we cannot do that. We need to be gracious, loving, and patient with one another. That's what is going to attract us, be attractive to the world, is when they see we love one another. In spite of our failures, our weaknesses, and our faults, but we still love and embrace one another and say, you know what? We're going to heaven together. We're on a road together to be with Jesus Christ in the presence of God forever. And there's nothing like that. We'll see our loved ones who've gone on before us. But we have to follow the process, and that's the transformation and work of the cross. The blood of Jesus also washes us and keeps us clean and pure before the Father. Philippians 1.6, let's go there real quick. Being confident of this very thing, this is a promise to each of us, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. It is a promise that he is faithful to us. Even when we have fallen and failed, he will be faithful. He promised he's going to finish the work that he began in us. He's going to touch and transform us. If you're bound by an addiction, be patient. He will set you free as long as you're getting up and you're pursuing and trying. God has his day and his moment where he goes, you're free today. You're set free today. You're delivered today. You're healed today. You're, you receive the ministry of Jesus Christ. He has his moment in time. But let us be patient with each other. Paul gave a very beautiful description of surrendering to the cross. I like Galatians 2.20. And I believe this is a beautiful description we're going to be staying in Galatians for the rest of this message, I do believe. Galatians 2.20 tells us, and this is Paul. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The key, faith. We receive by faith. When we come to the cross, we come to the cross in faith. We trust the work of the cross. We receive the things of God by faith. When we come into the house of God and we start worshiping, we're worshiping in faith that he is going to show up and manifest himself and minister to us even in worship. And even when we, like Brother Alex was saying, when two or three come together, God is in the midst of us. We're not here alone. Heaven is watching. Heaven is here with us. We have to know that by faith because God never fails his promises. He never fails his promises. It is a true word. Galatians 6.14. Let's quickly go over there. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. While Paul is saying... I'm dead. It's not me that lives anymore. I'm dead. That world is dead to me. 
The things that I used to desire and love is dead to me. The things that I want to do are dead to me because I want what the Father wants. I want what God wants. No longer. Brothers and sisters, we honor Jesus Christ through our surrender daily at the cross. That surrender pleases the Father. All of heaven is watching us in our surrender and receiving the work and that grace and the compassion of the cross of Jesus Christ. It is compassion. It is grace and it is love. It's the goodness of God. And you see, it's also the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not the anger and the abuse of God. Yes, sin breaks the heart of God. If we continue in sin and we do not deal with it and surrender, we will face the anger of God. I'm talking from experience. God will give a whipping, and it's not a whipping you want to have. It's scary when you know that God is angry with you, but it was my fault. Nobody else to blame, no excuses. I deserve the whooping that God gave me. That's old South Georgia kind of country boy talk, but I deserve that whooping. But you know what I learned in that time of chastisement? My father loved me. He cared enough to deal with me. He could have said, I'm done with you. Wrote me off, gave up on me, quit. When others did, he didn't. You see, sometimes we write people off too quick. But God will never write you off as long as you're seeking him and keeping your heart tender. There is a line. There is a line. Be careful, don't ever cross that line because when God quits dealing with you, that's a bad place. The hardest card, the conscience is seared and there's no more thought of God. That is a dangerous place to be because then God has said, I've turned them over to a reprobate mind. Hell is forever. Heaven is too. It's a choice God gives us. He will not violate our free will. The greatest gift that God ever gave us is our free will to say yes or no. Jesus didn't force the people that walked away from him to follow him when he gave the hard sermons. He said, he looked at his disciples, are you going to leave me too? What's up? And they're like, no, you got the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Where can we go? No one offers what you offer us. But others walked away. But Jesus didn't force them. But I can guarantee you after the cross, those, some of those people who walked away may have come back and said, I want Peter denied Jesus three times. He walked with the Son of God, but Jesus didn't beat him up and abuse him, but he restored him because the ministry of Jesus Christ is restoration. He restored him and then said, go feed my sheep. I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. You got a job to do. Now brush yourself off, get up, get busy, and get about the Father's business. We got work to do. And I think the Lord would say that to each of us. Now, what are the benefits of the cross? Are y'all ready? I want to spend just a few minutes on this. But the cross, it brings us into an alignment with God. Keeps us in alignment with God. That we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. That we cry at what God cries at. That we laugh and we have joy over what God has laughter and joy over. That we're in alignment with a living God. He's not a dead God. He's a living God, a powerful God. He's a most powerful God. Hallelujah. You see, this question, what are the benefits of the cross, can stand alone as a message by itself. 
But it's sad. There's many Christians in the house of God do not know all the benefits of the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen to these. Here are some. Breaks limitations of impossibility. The word tells us all things are possible to them who believe. It breaks the power of limitation. The cross breaks the power of tradition. And I know that's one of the things that we have to watch out for in the house of God. We can get into our religious box and religious traditions, and God wants to set us free. That's what the cross did when Jesus hung. And when that, he said, it is finished, the veil rent from top to bottom. And he said, you have access to the Father, to the Holy of Holies, through the blood and the Lamb of Jesus Christ that we have our access. He broke religious tradition of that day and God continues to break those bonds of tradition because we do not want to be bound up. We want the liberty and the freedom and the outflowing of the Holy Ghost and the cross has the power to break those chains and shackles so that we can worship God the way he wants us to. We're set free from the slavery of sin, slavery to the world, slavery to darkness, Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. You see, on the cross, the curse is broken. You see, in Deuteronomy and under the old law, Moses said, if you're hung from a tree, you're cursed. That's a sign of a curse is being hung from a tree. But there was a tree that a man hung on 2,000 years ago, and he broke the curse over our lives, over our marriages, over our finances, over our family, over our generation, that there could be a new generation, that God has broken the curse on the cross. You see, the cross is a place of protection and provision. The cross is a place of victory, failure to victorious. Blind and dark to light. Dead in sin to alive in Jesus Christ. There's only one person that can resurrect a dead lost soul and that is Jesus Christ through the blood and the cross. It is the cross that takes us from death to life. If you're insecure, you can find security in the cross because it'll never fail. The blood will never fail. If you feel rejected today, let me tell you the good news of the cross. Jesus felt a momentary rejection of the Father because of all of our sins hung upon him. He broke the power and the curse of rejection. He broke that power and spirit of rejection on the cross because he looked up and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? The Father had to turn his back. He could not look upon his son because of the weight of the sins of the world were upon him. And the wrath of God, he took the wrath of God for you and I. He took our place on the cross. So if you feel rejected, left out, or lonely, let me tell you, Jesus Christ took care of that on the cross. That's the provision. That's where we find acceptance. We go from rejected to accepted. The cross will keep our hearts tender and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's a work of grace, compassion, and mercy. The cross will produce transformation individually, in families and marriages, and in the church. We must, as a church, embrace the cross. The cross breaks negative habits and cycles and attitudes of the old nature, old behaviors. Mm. And that's a process. I know we're all in it. Because somebody cuts you off in the road sometimes, you'll be like, mm, I ain't cutting you off. I'm cut them off. And the Lord's like, yeah, we got to work on that flesh there, Daniel. 
you know, the crucifix on my dad. In Spanish, camase, peaceful. Be careful. But God transforms and changes us. He'll transform how we treat people, how we think, how we behave, and how we react. It's the cross. The cross and blood of Jesus will unify us no matter our culture, our language, or our background. Right here is an example of the work of the cross. Many different cultures and people represented here. We all are under one banner, the cross of Jesus Christ. We're covered by the blood of Jesus, which unifies us. It don't matter the language. It don't matter the culture or background. The cross of Jesus Christ unifies us. It's the unity because there's not going to be no different cultures in heaven. We're all going to be together in the glory of God. We're going to be worshiping and walking and dancing up and down the streets of gold, saying, you remember that time when we were together at church, at Commission Church, that crazy country boy aircraft mechanic was preaching man we had a good time all because we're in the presence of the father and we should come and enjoy God in his presence because it is a good thing and a good time the cross will keep the stones in our heart removed like pride toxic emotions less of me more of God less of us more of God he wants us Let us never lose sight in closing here. Never lose sight of the cross and where God saved us from. We don't live on it. We don't dwell on it. But we should never forget where he saved us from and who we were when he saved us. We should not forget the pit or the place that he brought us out of. We always need to keep that in mind. We cannot forget where we came from. It keeps us humble. It keeps us tender. It also will give us more grace for other people because that's our witness and testimony. The name Commission Church is based on the great commission of Jesus Christ to give the testimony of a God who sent his only son to save and change us and bring salvation to our neighbors, to our family, to our community, to this state, to this nation. All God is looking for is the people who are willing to say, here I am. Here I am, God. Use me. But be careful because he's going to test you when you say that. But it's worth it. Surrender to the cross. Trust the cross. Avoid resisting the cross for this will grieve the Holy Spirit. And we should not resist the hand of God. It is precious to dealings of God. It is precious. And in closing, let us stand. I want to, we can stand brothers and sisters. I want to wrap this up. There's going to be an invitation to three different kind of people this morning. There may be someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, hasn't experienced the goodness of the cross. Maybe there's someone here this morning you need to recommit or maybe rededicate your life and just get reconnected with God. Maybe there's someone here, God's been dealing with you this week, been saying you need to let go of some things. Maybe some young teenager's got a boyfriend or girlfriend, God's like, they're not a Christian, what you doing with them? Hmm. You get rid of them. They're a snake. They're going to bite you. They're going to pull you away from God and from church. They're a tool of Satan. Just an example. I don't know. Holy Spirit knows who's here. And I'm just giving examples. Maybe there's a hidden sin. Or maybe there's just some emotional baggage that God is saying, you know what? You need to let it go. It's hurting you. You see, Hebrews 12, 1 tells us that we need to lay aside every besetting sin and every weight that so easily besets us so that we can run the race 
for the high call and the high mark of Jesus Christ. We're all on a journey of faith and God loves us. Maybe there's a business decision or a business partner and God says, I got something better. I got something I want to bring a transition. We can't have a transition from the old to the new until we surrender. Trust him. Trust him. He will not fail you. But we must surrender to the cross. Here's some questions in closing. Will we deny ourselves? Will we take up our cross and follow Jesus Christ? Will we surrender and receive the transformation? Will we embrace the cross and his power to transform? You see, surrender is sweet in the sight of God. There's a certain aroma in the presence of God, like a perfume when we surrender and when our heart is broken and touched. And also this morning that we would embrace the altar. I want us to pray as a congregation and then we'll open the altar for those who want to spend some time with the Father. And the others, there may be communion. There's communion. If you didn't do communion last week, there is communion available in the back. So God has made provision for everything this morning. But let us pray as a family. Let's pray as brothers and sisters together on the cross and on this journey that we're together. God has a plan. Let us pray together as a family. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the power of the blood. Thank you for the provision of the cross. And Father, forgive us of the times that we've not daily taken up our cross and followed you with commitment and dedication. Help us, Father, to trust the cross, to pick up our cross and carry the cross that we would be the witness and the testimony for you and for the goodness of God. Oh, Father, be with us in this coming week that your word would speak to us, that your word would be fruitful within us and that your word would, be, would bear fruit, Father God. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Give us a revelation of the cross and of the work and the ministry of Jesus. And we thank you for this, Heavenly Father. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we thank you that this is a step into revival. In Jesus' name we pray that you would send the fire of revival, God. That you would send a spirit of, revent, of revival, reformation. Send a spirit of an awakening, God. We've seen and we've read in the history books about awakenings. But God, we need a new awakening. We need a new shaking, oh God that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a fresh new Pentecostal God, fresh manna from heaven. We would not hold on to the stale bread of yesterday, but we would receive the fresh work, the fresh manna, the fresh anointing today, O oh God. We ask for a new and fresh passion and fire for the cross and that you would just keep us in your arms and you would hold and protect us this week and that everyone in under the sound of my voice We'll be blessed going out and blessed coming in and under walk in the favor and the protection and provision of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.